Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello everyone, this is Colin Kelly. You are listening to the Fantasy Football Beat on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Draft. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Each week on the Beat Report, I'm joined by an NFL Beat Reporter to break down one of the biggest games of the week. And on today's show, my guest is going to be Brandon Lee Gotten of BleedingGreenNation.com. We'll be talking about the Eagles' trip to face the LA Rams, in which should be one of the best games this week, in my opinion. And uh, we'll be looking at some of the key players and key matchups that we expect to decide that game. We'll be looking at uh, Zach Ertz, if we expect him to play, the progression through their careers of Carson Wentz, as well as Jared Goff, and of course the coaching staffs, the injury reports and so much more and uh, after I talk with Branton I'll be taking a few moments to recap what we discussed and use some of the road of his apps to dive a little bit deeper into the game from a fantasy football perspective for those of you who don't know road of his is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps as we move in towards the fantasy playoffs there's so much fantastic content up there on rotoviz.com as well as those apps that can help you win those fantasy playoff matchups and uh, I'll be talking about some of those apps just after I talk with Brandon, but uh, let's get him straight on to the show now. So I'm joined on the show now by Brandon Lee Gotten. He is the manager and editor-in-chief at BleedingGreenNation.com and uh, one of the 
one of the guys there that I see on Twitter every so often giving out such uh, insightful information, and I said every so often, there's great information each and every week, but there's some bits that are just real gems in terms of what I can use uh, when I'm looking at fantasy football on a weekly basis. But it's going to be an interesting week this week, obviously, for the Philadelphia Eagles. But first of all, uh, Branton, thanks for joining us here on The Beat Report. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, obviously, this game we're previewing now is the Rams and the Eagles. Both teams having very, very nice seasons. The Rams now 9-3, and three, coming off uh, a 32-16 to 16 win against the uh, Arizona Cardinals this last week. And they're obviously hosting uh, the Eagles, who are 10-2. and two, A team who had a nine-game win streak heading into that game on Sunday night against the Seattle Seahawks. But they ran into... You know, the Seahawks are always a formidable opponent, and although uh, with the guys in Vegas and that one, the uh, the Seahawks were underdogs, they uh, did have the hot quarterback in that one, 24-10 win for the Seahawks. So there was a couple of key incidents in that game, obviously Doug Peterson's decision not to challenge Russell Wilson's kind of lateral or forward pass that, you know, after was kind of clearly a forward pass. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey had some struggles, Erich suffered a concussion in that game, we're looking at this stage that like he probably will be back this week, but for you overall with that game, what was the biggest takeaway coming out? out of that, that Seahawks loss after, as I mentioned, that nine-game win streak? Well, if I had to use one word to describe the Eagles' loss to the Seahawks in Seattle, I think it would be uncharacteristic. I think that was not the Eagles' team we've seen for most of this season. I think, as you mentioned, Seattle's a tough place to play. They're now, uh, going into that game, I think they were like 43-8 and eight in their last 51 at home, or, or they are now, actually. So it's, it's always a tough place to play there. Russell Wilson, really good quarterback, really big mismatch for this Eagles team that likes to get after the quarterback and has been generating the most pressure in the NFL. His mobility kind of limits their pass rush in in ways other teams kind of can't negate that. So kind of just not the best matchup for the Eagles and just not the best game for the Eagles. They, They didn't play a good, clean game. There are too many penalties, too many key mistakes. I mean, the Wentz's, Carson Wentz's, fumble into the end zone that kind of just swung the whole game right there it would have been a 10 10 tie game instead he fumbles out of the end zone the seahawks get the ball back they they go on to score at 17 to 3 and that right there is pretty much your game yeah and when, uh, obviously we'll be talking about some you mentioned some of the key matchups in the last game against the seahawks being a bad matchup kind of for for this uh, Eagles team. We're going to look at the game in a moment from those key perspectives. But first, looking at the injury report, we're recording this on a Friday. The injury reports aren't out yet, so we're heading off those Thursday injury reports. But good news, kind of, you know, if we're looking at the injury report here for the Eagles, Derek Burnett was a full participant in practice uh, the last two days, so he should be uh, all ready to go this week. Jason Kelsey as well, full participation the last two days. Joe Walker, full participation. So nice movement there. And uh, Destiny Vio was full participant after not practicing on Wednesday. Then, of course, the one big concern in this one is Zach Ertz who suffered a concussion against the uh, against the Seahawks but I thought that it was going to be a major struggle for him to clear protocol this week he didn't practice on Wednesday but he was a limited participant participant on Thursday and will at least see limited to full participation on Friday I would expect it's going to be limited again but that all bodes well for his game status uh, come Sunday is there any of those guys obviously outside of uh, Ertz it really is uh, all systems go for this Eagles team and uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Ertz and his concussion you expect him to go this Sunday? Yeah, I think the Eagles, for the most part, are on, as far as the 53-man roster goes, they should be pretty healthy for this one. I, th- I do think Zach Ertz will play. If he was limited on Thursday in practicing, I, I would imagine he might possibly be full on Friday. We'll have to see, but I, I would think he'll play this week. He's the team's leading receiver. Uh, I think he'll be able to play in this one. Uh, and even one thing that Doug Peterson early, said earlier this week is that 
if Zach Ertz misses some practice time, it's not a situation where some players miss practice time and then the coaches don't really trust them to play in the game because they haven't been practicing, they haven't been getting the, the game plan reps during the week. I think Zach Ertz, they kind of trust him and the chemistry that he has with Carson Wentz to kind of figure things out, and they trust his mental ability too, that if he misses some practice time, he can play. So I would, I would expect him to be suiting up for the Eagles on Sunday. Yeah, and especially if you see a young player or a rookie that's missing those snaps, it can be you know make a big difference. But when it's somebody like Erson uh, who has that chemistry there with Wentz, uh, with him practicing as early as he did this week, I would expect him to be a go. As you mentioned, on the other side for the Rams, it's not so bright for them. There's a lot of different injuries. Mark Barron has missed the last two practices, but it's not injury-related. Connor Barwin with a four-arm injury hasn't practiced this week. We have Alec Ogletree didn't practice this week. Uh, uh, LaMarcus Joyner hasn't practiced. They're really, really banged up all over the field. Robert Woods, the wide receiver, had a very nice start to the season. He's missed the last couple of weeks with injury. Expected to miss again this week. So there is a hell of a lot of injuries uh, on the Rams team who are much more banged up than if we look at the Eagles team. So I think uh, on the injury report, anyway, we have to give the uh, first advantage this week to the Eagles. But when we're looking at the key matchups as we go through this, the teams match up very well on paper. The Eagles are averaging 30.1 points per game. They're averaging 385.1 total yards per game and then the Rams kind of they're, they're solid in defense 18.5 points a game giving up 334 total yards but both teams then when you're looking at it from both sides very very balanced defensively the Eagles are giving up 17.9 points a game but the the yards on both sides the points on both sides everything matching up in fact both teams averaging 30.1 yards per game so pretty identical from that perspective so where do you think uh, in that stage is there one key weakness for either team that can be exploited at this point as we just before we dive a little bit deeper into it yeah i think there's two keys to the for the eagles in this game i think the rams run defense you look at all their run defense statistics they're kind of below average in those categories and i think their defense as a whole i mean they have wade phillips he's arguably uh, one of the best coordinators defensive coordinators in the nfl still and their defensive line with Aaron Donald up front. I mean, that's obviously very talented. But their linebackers and their secondary isn't like it's not necessarily filled with star players. I think you know you can run on this team as we've seen in the statistics. I think the Eagles should be looking to run the ball here and see if they can get some things going offensively. On the other side of the ball, I think Jared Goff. I, I saw a stat this week that he spent more time in the pocket than any other quarterback in the NFL this year. So that's going to be a real interesting battle for the Eagles because I know this Rams offensive line is improved um, upon what it's been in maybe previous years, but this Eagles defensive line is generating more pressure than any team in the NFL. And I think you look at last week's game uh, for contrast and Again, they couldn't get after Russell Wilson because he's a guy who can escape that pressure. Jared Goff isn't that kind of guy at all. So I think the Eagles are going to be able to get to Jared Goff. The only thing I'd be concerned about is if they go to a quick passing game and try to get the ball out of his hands quickly, they're not going to have that opportunity to get to him. But if they're, he's going to sit back there in the pocket and you know take time to throw, then I think the Eagles can really try to get after him and maybe try to get some strip sacks and kind of create a lot of havoc on him. Yeah, so let's start off with the quarterbacks. Obviously, in 2016, they were number one and number two overall uh, in the NFL draft. Carson Wentz has played on an MVP level for most of the season through those first 11 games. He had a, a little bit of a down game, we'll uh, say, in Seattle, but he has been very impressive. His year two jump has been so significant. It's kind of easy to lose fact that he's only in his second season in the league. And what do you think have been some of the key changes to him in his second year? He started last year very, very well, but then slowed down as the season went on, had some struggles towards the end. 
but you know you mentioned that the opportunity here to get after uh, Goff and get pressure on him as he stays in the pocket well it's not a good idea to try and get after Wentz at the moment he's been incredible against the blitz this season he's been blitzed 170 times this season the most in the NFL and on those blitzes he's thrown 12 touchdowns zero interceptions so you know you can blitz him but you, you blitz him at your peril so he's somebody who doesn't really seem to get uh, shook up when the pressure is really coming at him but what has been the, the key change you think from year one to year two in that development I think just playing as a rookie certainly helped he, he, was, he wasn't even supposed to play last year originally when the Eagles had Sam Bradford but they traded Bradford Carson Wentz got 16 games under his belt as a rookie he had that playing experience to kind of build upon I think the fact that the Eagles just had nothing like nothing really that great at the skill positions last year. I mean, you look at these guys, Ryan Matthews, he was their leading rusher last year, or their starting running back, and he's out of the league. And you look at their wide receiving core. I mean, Jordan Matthews was their best receiver. He's not really doing much in Buffalo. He's battled through some injuries. Dorio Green Beckham was their second best wide receiver, and and they cut him in June, and he hasn't even signed with any team since. So the, it wasn't just like Carson Wentz was dealing with average weapons last year. They were just not even really NFL players at this point. And that was a big factor in why he wasn't more successful. I think Doug Peterson in the same turn was really limited as a play caller because I think the success we saw early on in 2016 was Doug Peterson being able to scheme some things up with the lack of talent. I think you can kind of do that in a, a small sample there, but as things start to go on and teams kind of figure out what you're doing, you need talent to win. And the Eagles just didn't have talent. They upgraded some of that in this offseason. They got Alshon Jeffrey. They brought Torrey Smith in. They brought Matt Collins. They drafted him. Um, you know, they obviously added some running backs with Garrett Blunt, and they traded for Jay Ajayi. So there's just more talent in here. They also fortified the offensive line, so that's been helping as well. And then just Carson went working on his craft in the offseason. He went to a, a throwing coach to kind of work on his mechanics. He spends a lot of time working with his teammates in the offseason, kind of building that chemistry. So I think kind of just uh, the calling card, or at least one of the biggest strengths that was – the part of why Carson Wentz was such a high prospect was he's an incredibly hard worker, and I think he's put that work in. And I think that's what we're seeing in this improvement from year one, year two. Yeah, and I think what you mentioned there, I was very impressed this offseason was hearing how he was working, you know, to try and get better. And obviously, that there's a key area that uh, is going to help you improve, uh, no doubt about that. A player, as I mentioned, who was a pick, one of those top two picks last year as well, that has had a, a pretty remarkable season this year. He's uh, leading the NFL, pa- leading the NFL with 50 passes of more than 20 yards and uh, he's uh, a situation in this game another key stat that I want to read out is that the Eagles have given up a league low 27 passes of 20 yards or more so it'll be interesting there's a lot of little bits where there's clashing going up in this game I'm very interested to see on Sunday who comes out on top of all these different aspects but there's three receivers on the Rams and one running back obviously Robert Woods is one of these and he's expected to miss out this week that have over 500 receiving yards this season so they clearly want to spread it around but what kind of problems do you think that Jared Goff and this uh, Rams offense can cause this Eagles defense in, in week 14? Yeah, well, we're seeing this uh, Rams offense, uh, you kind of mentioned it, they're similar to the Eagles offense in the way that they like to spread the ball around. It's not just all going to one player. With Robert Woods out, you know that does hurt them a little bit. He's their leading receiver, but they still have another, uh, a bunch of other guys who can kind of contribute in there. And even looking at the the running game, not just you know Todd Gurley being able to run the ball really effectively, but he's a big weapon as a pass catcher as well. So the Eagles will have their hands full trying to defend these guys. Again, I think it comes back to being able to kind of generate 
that pressure against this team. I think uh, the Eagles have the the guys who can do that. Again, they lead the NFL in pressure percentage and total pressures according to Pro Football Focus. There, so uh, they have the guys to get it done. They just against Seattle, uh, what the Eagles usually like to do is shut down the run and then force the opponent to throw. Usually, that's a pretty good model for them uh, in terms of getting these wins here throughout the season. That's what they've done, but it was a kind of a unique opponent in the sense that you can shut down the run. Seattle doesn't run the ball well anyway, but Russell Wilson can kind of carry the team beyond that. Not every quarterback can. We'll see if Jared Goff can really step up and make a lot of throws on Sunday. He's probably going to have to, I would expect. You know, I know Todd Gurley is really good, but I think the Eagles' run defense will be able to keep him in check to some extent. So I think that the bulk of the pressure will really be on Goff making plays with his arm. And he's played well this year. So I, I don't doubt that he's capable of letting his team hang in here. But, uh, you know, there could be uh, a play where this pressure is getting to him. He drops back. You know, he, he's, he gets, uh, he fumbles. He, it's funny to me that uh, Jared Goff has smaller hands for a quarterback. The funny thing to say, but if you look at the, the metrics, so that's always a concern with him. And I think this Eagles defense, the way they get pressure, it could force him into a bad decision here. And that's something that's been able to really help their secondary this year because the Eagles don't have the best secondary, but the way they generate pressure kind of takes some uh, pressure in turn off of the back end. So should be an interesting matchup for both of these teams. Yeah, and uh, then when we move on to the coaches, and both of these guys are legitimate you know, contenders for Coach of the Year. Doug Peterson uh, didn't have one of his best play-calling games against the Seahawks, but he's had a, a really nice year. Kenan and Torin, as I mentioned, in the same situation as with Wentz. But Sean McVay, the youngest head coach in the league, obviously we heard all about that this offseason. He's done a really nice job turning this Rams team around. Maybe it's a case that he's a very good coach. Maybe it's just a case that Jeff Fisher didn't really have much of a, a scheme going for this team offensively. But Todd Gurley has been rejuvenated. Uh, you know, Goff at this time you know in the offseason last year people were kind of had you know sold out golf he had he was he had no future and he's turned into a really promising passer the offense is humming so if you uh, had to choose and i'm expecting that you're going to go with doug peterson but uh, which of these uh, coaching staffs would you give the edge to in this contest yeah i think it's a it's a really good question and i think you can't go wrong almost the way both of these guys have been coaching this year i think the one thing that i would say about doug peterson that can't be said for sean McVay is that uh, when I think about the Coach of the Year award, I think part of it has to do with defying expectation. I think that's part of what that award is about, or at least that's how you see it handed out. I mean, because usually, if we're going to go Coach of the Year, usually it's, it's Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but in the case of where you know you're you're looking at what was expected, I mean, Doug Peterson, no one believed in that guy. I mean, no one was interviewing him for head coaching jobs. Everyone thought the Eagles made a big mistake by hiring him. Just earlier this, before this season, I mean, Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, comes out and, and literally says that Doug Peterson is one of the 30 or one of the least qualified head coaches he's ever seen in the last 30 years of the league. So, I mean, this guy had a lot of doubters, even in the Eagles fan base as well. People were not super high on him. And, and a lot of people thought he could get fired this year if the if the Eagles didn't get off to a good start or they didn't have a good season here. So for me, you know, not, not, not to take away from Sean McVay at all, but I think Doug Peterson has defied expectation where I know Sean McVay is a, a young coordinator, so he's kind of doing things beyond his years, and that's very impressive. But I also think people kind of knew that Sean McVay was this exciting hot name coordinator coming out of Washington. So I think it was a little more expected, but again, 
they're both I think they've both been really really good coaches this year and I think it's going to be a great game on Sunday because of that. I think we're going to see some great game planning, some some great creativity in this matchup. And uh, obviously we talked about Zach Ertz uh, a little earlier in the show, but as I mentioned, expected at this moment in time. And obviously if you're listening to this on Saturday or early Sunday, you'll obviously have a more clear picture. But it is expected at this point that he is going to be able to play on Sunday. So he left the game with just one target in the first half. And uh, he's been on a, a real, real... Uh, or sorry he caught two two of his four targets in the second half but he's had a, a nice uh, season a really really nice season he's had a couple of games missed through injury but when you have him and Jeffrey and what Nelson Aguilar is doing uh, if he was to miss out was the question I sent you over earlier in the week but obviously now we expect him to play how big of an impact can he have in this game if he does play and obviously Trey Burton somebody that a lot of people have been talking up uh, as somebody who can come in and uh, replace Ertz quite comfortably but Ertz is just uh, a step above that I don't think there's any doubt about that yeah, I don't think the Rams have necessarily been bad at defending tight ends this year, but Zach Ertz is the Eagles' leading receiver for a reason. He's a, a really just reliable target for Carson Wentz, especially in the middle of the field, also been effective in the red zone. So uh, it's it's just a way, another way the Eagles can move the chains. That's That's something they like to do, and I think this will be a week where the Eagles kind of you know, if the big play is there, I'm sure they'd love to take it. But I think the the strategy in this one could be kind of controlling the clock. Last year, when the Eagles played the Atlanta Falcons in Philadelphia, you know they they knew they were going up against a really good offense, the best offense in the league. And what they tried to do was run the ball and kind of get the short to intermediate passing game going, kind of work the clock, make uh, go go down the field in long drives and kind of just hold the ball and keep it away from the other team. I think we might be able to see the same thing this week in Los Angeles where the Eagles are kind of trying to look to control the clock, keep the ball, not not let that Rams offense get a ton of possessions and be on the field for a long time and, and, try, and try to limit their ability to put up points. So I think Zach Ertz helps with that because you can kind of get the short passing game going with him, kind of keep moving the chains with him on the inside, kind of just takes the pressure off, too, from having to rely on the wide receivers the whole game. I mean, Torrey Smith hasn't really been playing all that great for the past couple of weeks here. And Alshon Jeffrey has come on, but we still need to see more out of him, too. So I just think Carson Wentz really likes to work that middle of the field area. So having Ertz helps a ton with that. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Jeffrey as well. Obviously, he signed a, a five-year contract uh, earlier or last week. And uh, when we look at, you mentioned there, you know, trying to move the chains. Another area where you're trying to move the chains, obviously, is in the red zone. And the Rams this season have given up a touchdown at 59.4% of red zone trips, which is 24th in the NFL. And that's an area where the Eagles have been uh, excellent this season, leading the NFL by scoring touchdowns on more than 68% of their op- opportunities inside the opponent's 20-yard line. So obviously for both rosters, that's going to be a key emphasis this week. But kind of like you mentioned, trying to move the chains and having Zach Ertz in the lineup, having Alshon Jeffrey, when you get into that red zone, you have those big, big targets and a similar out the field when you're trying to get that three or four yard completion to move the chains. Those big bodies, get them on the inside and it's very, very, very hard to stop that, especially when Carson Wentz is playing so well. One player I want to get your opinion on here as we get towards the end of the segment and that is Nelson Aguilar. He was a player, like I mentioned with Jared Goff, he was just completely cast aside uh, this last offseason. Nobody had any faith in uh, any hope of a redemption from Nelson Aguilar and it's amazing how far he's come. He's having a really good year and uh, against the Seahawks last week, he he was kind of maybe the one bright spot we'll say uh, on that one he had a career high seven catches for 141 yards and a touchdown against the Seahawks secondary so with uh, how he's produced so far and he could have probably had more than he got he was open on a number of different occasions but 
how impressed have you been with him this year and everything just seems to have clicked into place for him is there any reason you can just narrow that down to why Aguilar has uh, really stepped out of his shadow people thought when he came into the league as a rookie there was all this potential there but it looked like it just was never going to come to fruition until this season yeah I think you look at Nelson Aguilar's first two years and I don't think it's too hyperbolic to say he was literally one of the worst wide receivers. In the NFL. <laughs> he was he was that bad. So. Yeah. He and that's I'm not trying to be mean to him. I just think he was that bad. You even look at metrics in terms of like football outsiders and and things like that. And he was always one of the the worst, if not the absolute worst wide receiver. And I think he just the struggles he went through in his first two years were so bad. And I think especially in 2016 when he. Uh, funny enough, he had his worst game against the Seahawks now coming back this year, having a much better game. But last year, it was just a really low point for him. And I think hitting that low point was the best thing for him in the end because he went through a stage where he realized that what he was doing was not good enough and he needed to make some major changes to his game. And I think the Eagles also putting him in the slot has helped a ton. I just don't think he's an outside wide receiver. He doesn't have that either the strength or physicality or that raw speed to kind of get things done on the outside he's more shifty so I think playing him in the slot has really helped out with that Uh, it's just been a really impressive legitimate season for him that really started back in spring practices I I remember watching him in practice and he was looking great pretty much almost every day for the most part definitely looking like a different player than I had ever seen Uh, people had always said oh well he always looks good in practice back when I was saying that in the spring but that wasn't the case I mean he was dropping passes last year he just wasn't really standing out as much as you would hoped so I think the the progress Nelson Aguilar has made is real I think he's overcome his demons mentally he's been able to get over those struggles he's been able to really just work hard and work himself into a really good slot receiver for this team. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, some of the players when we talked about uh, Wentz and how he struggled at times last year not having receivers and Doriel Green-Beckham was there. Well, he was actually, Aguilar was losing out in snaps to Doriel Green-Beckham last year, so it just shows how far he has turned it around. So when we're looking at this game, is there any other maybe uh, keys that we might have missed out on there, or do you think we have pretty much uh, covered the majority of the the things that will help decide this game come Sunday? Yeah, again, to me, it just comes down to, kind of to repeat what I said earlier, just getting after Jared Goff for the Eagles. That's what they do best and what they weren't able to do against Russell Wilson. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, get the run game more involved. Carson Wentz didn't have his best game against Seattle. I'm not saying that means the Eagles need to suddenly not trust him at all, but it would be nice maybe if they could get him a little help early on in this game and kind of, like I was saying before, kind of control the clock too. I mean, you have Jay Ajayi here get him more involved i mean uh, this rams run defense again statistically is not the best so i would test that out early on yeah i feel like that the running game element is going to be a real key and this game for me i've previewed games every week of the season so far this game seems to have just so many areas where one team's very good at something one team's a little bit weaker but there is those weaknesses and strengths on both sides and it matches up really well so it should be a very interesting game so as we wrap up now i get your prediction i'm going to ask you how you think this one's going to go it has the potential to be a shootout you mentioned the eagles possibly trying to slow the game down and maybe that'll keep the score down if it stays that way how do you see it going do you think this one could end up in a high scoring one or do you think uh, the Eagles can dominate that time of possession and maybe keep it a little bit lower scoring than people are expecting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game for both sides. I do think the Eagles match up well against the Rams overall. Again, that's that's no disrespect to the Rams. I think they're very good, but I think coming off this loss to the Seahawks, some people nationally at least are kind of down on the Eagles all of a sudden. Are like, and they're not 
uh, as high on them as they used to be, and I think maybe a little too down on them. And I think going into this game, it's not going to be a situation where it's Seattle. I mean, this there could be very well be a lot of Eagles fans at this LA game. We saw how Eagles fans took over the stadium when the Eagles played the Chargers earlier this season. So the Eagles crowd factor that shouldn't be as much of a disadvantage for them and i think matchup wise on the field i just think the eagles match up well overall against this rams team i mean i think the rams are going to have some success i think it'll be a close game but i think the eagles do win this one especially coming off of that loss i think they're desperate to get back for a win so i think the eagles will win this game by a score of something around 28 to 24 I'm really looking forward to, to watching this game on Sunday. I think it could be one of the, the better games of the week. And uh, with that, it takes us to the end of the segment. I just want to thank you, Brendan, for coming on to talk to us. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Gotton, that is G-O-W-T-O-N. And, of course, check out all the great work up on BleedingGreenNation.com. It's been, uh, it's been a great time, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Once again, thanks to Branton for jumping aboard the show. Lots of great information there from him, and I always appreciate the guest time as they come on to help me break down the game. And uh, one of my favorite parts of this show is the talk with the beat reporter because we get to talk it from a purely football perspective. Then we move into this segment, we start to look at it from a fantasy football perspective. So you need to get both of those, marry that information together, and see what we can do to make the outcome of it to the best of our ability. So. Before we get into breaking it down, uh, what I think using those apps on rotoviz.com, I want to tell you that there's still time for you to get that 30% discount off a of Rotoviz NFL pass. And whether it's just coming up this weekend, you're in the fantasy playoffs and you need to get through that first round, get yourself to that second round of the playoffs as you advance to try and win that championship. Rotoviz NFL Pass is what you need to help gain that little bit of an advantage. And you can do that for a little bit less this week. It is 30% off. It is for the listeners of the podcast only and it is available through the NFL Podcast homepage. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it supports the pod. So be sure and get that 30% discount now as we get into the, the playoff season and make sure you win that championship. If you get that 30% discount off and you win your championship, you'll have all the bragging rights. You'll have everything's set to go and uh, you can come back and thank us uh, when you pick up uh, the winnings from your league so it's always fun to have those bragging rights over your league mates so let's start looking into it using some of the apps up on rotaviz.com to break down the players that we want to be starting in this contest and looking for us at the quarterbacks and we're looking at Carson Wentz and Last week was the first time Wentz finished outside of the top 10 quarterbacks since week 4, so he's had a, a nice run. He did finish quarterback 11, so he wasn't that far off, but he did have uh, 348 yards and one touchdown. So it wasn't a great game, but it didn't cost you uh, your fantasy game, probably, if you're looking at it from that aspect. It wasn't, you know, that he finished as quarterback 25 overall. And uh, the problem coming up this week for him is it's a game where the Rams have allowed just two top 12 performances to quarterbacks all season, and none of those coming since week four because the Rams have tended to try and control the ball control the clock and we see them having you know a high-powered offense and moving the ball very quickly but that doesn't tend to be the way they actually play the game it tends to be a little bit more controlled a lot of Todd Gurley involved in there so it's gonna be a tough matchup for Wentz and Branton mentioned the Eagles trying to you know keep it uh, keep it uh, very very close and I think this game as we kind of project it to be a high scoring game it could turn out to be a very very cagey and low scoring affair so it's gonna be a fascinating game uh, from a technical sp- point of view to, to watch and uh, that's why we have to try and figure it out ahead of time 
I think he uh, should be considered as a, a quarterback one, so a top 12 finish for him this week, but it could be the lower end of that top 12 again. I, I kind of think he'll finish in the range kind of between 9 and 12, so we'll see how he does, but if I have him, I am playing him, but it's uh, you know it's a it's a tough uh, a tough matchup for him, a lot tougher than maybe some people are expecting. And when you look at the range of outcomes up here on the Gillespie app or the GLSP app on rotaviz.com, he kind of has a safe floor and his median and his high doesn't get all that higher. So his floor is coming up in a four point pass and touchdown league, fifteen point one. His medium eighteen point nine, and his high is twenty one point one. So very very uh, kind of steady floor. He's going to get you those fifteen points, and uh, you know if he has a, a nice game, he's going to get you twenty one. So not a huge uh, differentiation there, but I think it is a very very safe play this week. And obviously when we get to the fantasy playoffs, this I don't think he's a player that you want to be playing. You know when. Uh, GPPs this week but if you're playing in cash games you're looking for a safe quarterback option you're playing in your season-long leagues I think Wentz is a solid starting option and I do think as well that when you look at Goff I think he is a solid starting option as well but more so for him we mentioned that if he gets pressure up the middle he could be in a little bit of uh, trouble and I think that for Goff maybe a little bit of recency bias is coming in because this season uh, he's been QB 10 or better just twice all season and they came in week 9 and 10 so you know if you're if you're looking at how the games go and how the Eagles have improved they've in the last five games they've held four quarterbacks to less than 11 points so last week uh, was the only game in which obviously Russell Wilson had a big game and he was the only quarterback outside of the last five games to go over 11 fantasy points so very very concerning and with Robert Woods missing out again I just uh, would be more likely to, to try and have a different option this week if I can instead of Jared Goff. And I think Robert Woods being out of the lineup really uh, hurts him. Obviously, they'll have the home field advantage this week, but uh, I if I'm looking at one quarterback out of these two to start, I'm starting the, the guy on the road, and that is Carson Wentz. Moving on to the running backs, and you're looking at, you know, LeGarrette Blount, JJ, Corey Clement. It's one one week, it's the next and next week. It's just so hard to trust these running backs on a week to week basis. They're all getting production. I've mentioned on a few podcasts. I think the way both these teams are set up is exactly how you want an NFL team to be set up, but it's not great for our fantasy football teams. But I've said it as well the NFL teams, they do not care about our fantasy football league. So uh, when we're looking through it, we have to try and figure out who we can use and who we can't use. And with this, it's kind of just Russian roulette. Pick one, might work for you. Pick the other one, mightn't work. So I'm not starting any of these options. If I was picking one, I'd be more likely to go with JJ. But we've seen Corey Clement have some big plays in different weeks. But I'm I'm looking to uh, move and have uh, JJ out of those trio if I have to start one. Todd Gurley is obviously somebody that you have to... Uh, go ahead and start at this stage of the season he's got you to this point he had a tough battle with the cardinals this past week but he gets one of the the tougher opponents to date this week in the eagles one of the best run defenses in the league they've allowed just 540 rushing yards on the entire season compare that to any other team in the nfl and the next lowest is 822 so you know you're looking at almost a 300 yard uh, gap between them and the rest so they're a very 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 good uh, run stuffing unit so uh, Gurley hasn't topped 77 yards since week 7 so it's it's just another ma- a nice matchup but Gurley he's going to get those PPR uh, opportunities and uh, you know he's going to get those receptions so if I'm looking at a player from this Rams offense to start uh, picking through the lineup who I really want to have in it if I have the option I'd be going with Todd Gurley if I can have him in my lineups he'll be in some of my GPP lineups this week I think with it being such a tough matchup he will be faded and uh, looking at it 
I just think that uh, if anyone has the talent to unlock this uh, defense, it's going to be Gurley. But it, it's just uh, one of those ones, you put them in your lineup, you know the possibility is there for it to all go wrong for you. But again, in season long, you know, he's got you to the dance, so you have to, to get the right. It's unlikely that you have a better option to slot into your lineups than him. Looking at the wide receivers then, we bounce through them. Looking at Jeffrey, we're looking at Aguilar, we have Sammy Watkins on the Rams side, Cooper Cup as well. I think they're the ones that you're really looking. Josh Reynolds, if you're looking for a flyer, you're looking in a deeper league, that you need somebody to stream this week, pick up off the waiver wires, is an option. But you're going to say... Alshon Jeffrey uh, last week had a game where he struggled and I- I'm somebody who likes Alshon Jeffrey. He's had a couple of nice games back to back to back before that so I'm expecting him to, to have an opportunity to bounce back in this one. He's only been held under six targets one time this season since he went over to the Eagles so he's kind of guaranteed that six to nine target range and you know I think that's pretty safe he's going to go up against uh, Tremaine Johnson so that could make it a little bit tougher. He is one of the, the better uh, cornerbacks in the NFL especially when going up against uh, bigger wide receivers some of the, the cornerbacks they do tend to struggle obviously when they lose that height advantage but Johnson is uh, pretty physical and I think he'll be able to do quite a nice job this week but I think uh, looking at it I think it, it looking at it I think Jeffrey remains in that uh, kind of wide receiver two or just low-end wide receiver one category uh, but that's it's funny because I think a lot of people are talking about this match as a, a bonanza of sorts, uh, you know, a shootout. I just don't think it's going to it's going to turn out to be that way. It's a game that I'll be, uh, in fantasy terms, probably fading a lot of these players. Nelson Aguilar, big match last week, had a nice game, and uh, he'll be matching up with Roby Coleman, who's struggled quite a bit this season, particularly to good slot receivers. Larry Fitzgerald has borne them this year, so has Adam Thielen. And uh, guys as well like Bruce Ellington and Travis King have had some big, big plays against them. So I think there's an opportunity here for Aglor to continue his run that he started last week. And uh, I think if I had to look at the values, you know, particularly in tournaments this week, uh, I'd be going for Aglor over Jeffrey based on the matchups. And I think it's something that people need to pay a lot more attention to. It's rather than just going for the stud name, it's trying to look at the matchups. And there's a lot of people out there now doing very good matchup work and cornerback ratings and rankings. So that is something definitely to keep an eye on, uh, you know, more and more as we progress through these NFL seasons as data becomes more and more relevant to exactly what we want to pinpoint from these key areas. Sammy Watkins has obviously had a much bigger role over the last couple of weeks while uh, he has been in the absence of Robert Woods. He has a touchdown in four of his last five games and he had only two in the first seven. So that's six touchdowns in the year for him. Targets are uh, a little bit concerning. You know, he's kind of, he's only getting in that four to five range and that's something that is very, very hard to rely on. But again, this Eagles defense is going to be tough against the run. It's going to be hard to get that going. So I think Watkins should get an upgrade in targets this week. Cooper Cup the same. Uh, his targets have uh, jumped, obviously, with Woods out. And he's a reliable PPR option this week. He's caught at least five targets uh, in each of his last four games. And uh, we had a stat a couple of weeks ago where Adam Thielen was on a, a roll with uh, catching five targets in consecutive games. So maybe Cup's uh, following suit there. So... He has failed to score since week seven, and I mentioned it on a couple of shows recently. Cup's one of those players, he's going to get you that reliable PPR uh, points, but if he gets in the end zone, he's really going to up his value and uh, be worth more than you're paying for him, particularly in DFS. Just jumping back into looking at some of the air yards of these players, and you, you know, I'm going to talk now about uh, Zach Ertz, and Ertz obviously the concussion. I wasn't expecting him to play this week. But it looks now at this point in time like there is a good possibility he will play. So if he doesn't play, obviously take this advice and change it around. Uh, you know, there's a, there's always that caveat to add in there. But the Rams have allowed the six fewest points to tight ends this year. But, you know, 
they've struggled when they go up against the kind of elite tier tight ends or the tight ends who have been performing on a solid basis this year they've struggled with graham they've struggled with rudolph they've struggled with jordan reed back when he was healthy and uh, evan ingram as well so i think if you uh, see Ertz coming in here and he's probably safe for five to seven targets this week i think if he plays he will be a tight end one and looking through his projections on the glsp he does have a, a kind of a medium to low floor when you look at it in ppr that floor being 9.1 but a big big jump up then and of course that big jump comes with touchdown upside the median then 17.3 the high is 25.7 so he he could be one of the highest scoring tight ends or the highest scoring tight end of the week if that all comes to fruition for him and when we're looking through then uh, up here on rotavis.com looking at the air yards and looking then at the target share in there pretty much if you add up each week the target share of alshon jeffrey and the target share off Zach Ertz there's not a lot left to go around there's a little bit there for Aguilar and pretty much nothing else for anyone else looking through them they're all pretty balanced around between 20 and 30 percent uh, on a weekly basis we have some games here that we, in week three for example Ertz up to 32 percent target share in la- and in week 12 against Chicago he finished with 31 percent as well so and around the 20 percent the rest of the way but a couple of games there were 30 percent target share and then when you're looking at Jeffrey who uh, is having, I think, overall a very solid season, has been rewarded that contract, didn't have a good game last week. But since week six, his lowest target share percentage has been 24, and he's a, had a 39% target share and a 33% target share sprinkled in there as well. So both those guys are going to get to see a healthy dose of targets, but I mentioned this week is a tougher matchup for Jeffrey. So I think Zach Ertz is the one that you want to be on board with in this contest. I think you know he's going to be... I think he mightn't be as much owned as people expect because the concussion doubt coming into it. But if he does clear the concussion protocol, out of no concerns, then playing him in this game. And that there is why, of course, he is going to be my draft play of the week this week. And if you haven't played draft yet, maybe you're out of your fantasy championship. Maybe that isn't going as well as you wanted. <laughs> sorry to sorry to bring the downer to the end of the show, but maybe you're going very well and you just want to have a little bit more fun and playing on draft. But you can download the app for draft and all you have to do is go to the app store and whichever phone you use, whether it's Android, or apple whatever type you use and then just search draft d-r-a-f-t and they'll find the game in minutes so you can play right from your computer on playdraft.com whichever way you prefer for a limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit by using the code rv radio that's right play real money game for free just by using our promo code rv radio on your first deposit and if you haven't already heard draft no salary caps playing a real life snake draft just like you do with your friends in a season-long league just takes a couple of minutes to draft it lasts for one week there is no management after you draft it's a best ball format draft will set that lineup for you so it's very very simple this draft from just one dollar so this draft for everyone get involved this weekend have some fun and of course that code again is rv radio on your first deposit so with that that's going to do us for this edition it is the week 14 edition of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Beat on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Draft. My name's Colin Kelly. Follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Until I'm back with the Week 15 edition, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount to the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball.
pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.